it's many times easier to be more just vulnerable with strangers that don't have these preconceived notions of where you fit in a box or what you should do or you shouldn't do. And so you're able to like let go of a story in a way that's more connected to you because you're not really like focused on what they know or don't know or what they think or not think. On the podcast today, we're talking to Chloe Drimmel, the CEO and founder of Yoni Circle, and we're finding out about the healing power of stories. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you some tech news and opinion. Today, I'm joined by Amber and Haley. I'm in a good mood. I have been sent a bottle of red wine. Oh, lucky for some. Yeah, yeah. from you. Although this is interesting, right? So, so, so from a PR company, uh, thank you very much, Words and Pixels. Thank you, Nick Braun, uh, Braun for that. Um, I got quite confused though because I thought it was. I thought it was. Turns out it's just a thank you for having some of their some of their clients on the show, which is very nice and not a suggestion to any other PR companies who might be listening. That's fine. You don't need to buy wine. But nonetheless, I got quite confused because if you look at the label on the back, um, it tells you to download an app for a, for an augmented reality experience. So I wondered Ooh. if I was being sent it initially because uh, it didn't say who it was from as like a product to test. I thought like, is this because it's tech or is this because it's wine? And spent about 15 minutes fucking about with my phone looking at the label coming to life through my phone screen. But no, apparently it's just just a bottle of wine. <laughs> anyway. Well, now you know. <laughs> it's quite cool. I mean, it, it like you, you, you look at it through your phone and this little castle appears around it with a dog and stuff. I mean, it's novel. It's different. Um, I assume the wine's good. I hope the wine's good. <laughs> have you have you had this wine already? Because it seems to say you might have done. No, 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 absolutely no. The lid. The it's half the call. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that, though. That's very kind of you to say so. Should we go to the interview? <laughs> um, today's episode, we're talking to Chloe. She's the founder of Yoni Circle. We'll uh, hand over to the interview. Um, I'll regain my composure so, composure so that Amber doesn't think I'm half cut. And uh, we'll have a chat about the episode um, afterwards. So today I'm talking to Chloe. Chloe, you are the founder of Yoni Circle. How are you today? I am great. It is a Monday and ready to kick off the, the week with you. <laughs> uh, look, first of all, Yoni Circle is a fairly new business, right? So I would imagine the majority of people listening to this, especially as 60% of our audience is, is UK-based, probably aren't familiar with it. So it'd be great to start with just a quick description of exactly what we're talking about here. Absolutely. So Yoni Circle is a community and an app that heals and connects through storytelling. So we're a membership-based community and the core experience are hour-long virtual storytelling circles, which are capped at six women and are led by a host. And just as a note, we're really across all over the world. We have 4,000 members across over 1,000 cities and 83 countries worldwide. Um, and then, yeah, so very lots of UK women are very active on our platform. Um, and yeah, so the core is these storytelling circles and yeah. it's an hour and you leave just feeling rejuvenated, more connected with yourself and others and a little bit of healing. I love that generally on this show, I highlight my own ignorance. So it's good to hear that it's already in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Look, 
how, how does this work though? In terms of, you know, you said it's a membership uh, platform, yeah. six women in a circle, hour long conversation. So what you, you, you download an app, you log in, you just join a circle when you need to. What's the actual dynamic there? Absolutely. So you download and then you apply and then we accept you. We're totally free right now. We're still in beta. We're still figuring out everything. And then you sign up for a circle. I would say we would love if it was on demand, but we are we are a little bit backed up. So it's usually a day to a week out that you're signing up for this. And so circles are, they're ca- like I said, mm-hmm. capped at six women. It's an hour long. So you enter the circle and it begins with six minutes of messaging chat. And that's allowing you to kind of be late, get, get your groundings. And during this chat, you do something called a rose thorn bud. So you'll take a selfie of yourself and then you'll write your rose, which is your highlight of your day, your thorn, the not so good part and bud, what you're looking forward to. And then you move into the video chat experience. And so it's led by a host who we call a Solanier. Solaniers start as community members and then they apply to be a Solanier and they're trained by us. The rules of this experience, this video chat storytelling experience are to listen and speak from the heart, only speak when you have the talking piece. If you resonate with what someone's saying, we do snaps or we have an in-app snap button. Next is to take the stories with you, leave the names behind. We do take confidentiality seriously. And then lastly is to speak succinctly. So we open up with everyone sharing, doing an intro round. So everyone shares their name, where they live, what they do for work and or what they're passionate about, and then what's on their mind or in their heart. So that's just that first wave of connectivity, of vulnerability, helping what many times are strangers connect in this space. Then we go to the core of the experience, which is the storytelling. So the Solanier leads everyone through a really quick breathing exercise just to get you out of your head and really into that heart space. And the heart space is really what holds all of our stories, our narratives, and is our most unique form of self. And then she gives a storytelling prompt. So the way the storytelling prompts work is they start at a macro level and they move micro. So an example of a macro prompt would be today we're telling stories around risk or stories around letting go or stories around bravery. And then the slanier would really start to give you ideas in these micro prompts around what that macro could look like to kind of probe at your memory. So with Mm -hmm. risk, she might say things like it could be a time that you know, the first time that you left home and you didn't really know what you'd be doing, or maybe you quit a job without having another one lined up. She'll do better than I'm doing right now, but she'll give you kind of an idea so that you, the goal for us as Slanier is to help people find a story they haven't thought of in a while. And then it becomes a circle of stories. We really do our best to stay away from venting or talking about like your philosophies or things like that because we believe that it's that art of storytelling that narrative form that helps us connect more deeply to ourselves and others as you listen um you can always pass a talking piece we'll offer it back and then the last bit of the circle is a witness so Mm -hmm. with witness women just say one or two sentences on what they witness either a pattern they saw between the stories or a realization they had at the only rule is it's not a time for advice. And then we close out. So that's what that hour storytelling experience looks like. Look, this might be one of the most stupid things to ask possible, but why not just talk to your friends? 
Why go onto an app and talk to people that you've never met before and share these stories? Um, I understand that a lot of people are feeling disconnected and lonely, but why why is that the way that you're trying to solve this rather than getting on Zoom and talking to people that you know and that you work with or that you you've you've known throughout your life? It's a great question. Um, I think there's sort of like two answers to that question. One time one is that it's many times easier to be more just vulnerable with strangers that don't have these preconceived notions of where you fit in a box or what you should do or you shouldn't do. And so you're able to like let go of a story in a way that's more connected to you because you're not really like focus on what they know or don't know or what they think or not think. The other flip, the other side of that, which is actually something that like formed Yoni Circle for me in my past is, you know, sometimes your community is is small. And so you might have this narrative that happened to you that your friends and family, it didn't happen to them. They, they, they can't connect to it. They can maybe give you advice, but they, they haven't felt it. And so in turn, you kind of feel alone in this narrative. But the fact of the matter is you are not alone. And many, many people in this world have lived through a very similar narrative as you have. And so the more that you have access to these strangers, the more that you can understand that your story is one of many. And from listening to other people who maybe are a little bit further along in that journey and have an ending, it gives you that strength to like, I'm going to find my ending too. And I'm going to move through this experience. I am not alone. So those are the two kind of ways that I think strangers are important as well as you know, as you continue on the community, you start to form these close acquaintances. Look, you mentioned there about your history and how you've got to this point. Your history includes working at one of the world's biggest and best known social media organizations. Don't want to dwell on that too much. I think that's a, that's something that you've talked about a lot. And if someone was to go research you, they, they could probably find out a lot a, a, around your thoughts there. But what did you take from that experience in terms of a social network that you think is positive that you can you can build into a social wellness app when social media let's face it often gets criticized for many of the ills of modern society absolutely so one of the main things i did while i was at snap was i built out the r story product for them and i you know grew it for myself to a team of 80 80 employees over the course of 2 years and so the R Story product, for those that don't know, within Snap, we would geofence a location. So a music festival or a city or a cultural festival. So that if you were a user in that location, you would take a Snap and you'd have a new option to like, so our Coachella story or our, you know, UK story or our Diwali story. So we would take all of those snaps and curate it into a narrative. So sometimes we'd have a hundred thousand snaps and we would curate that into a five minute multi-perspective narrative of the event. And many times these stories would get over 40 million views in 24 hours. And so two things were very important of that experience. One is I got to see firsthand how connected the world is. I got to, you know, during New Year's Eve, actually in my face, see snaps from, you know, from Dubai to Edinburgh to Cape Town to Rio. And it's so clear how connected we are all as people. And then I also got to witness, um, you know, just 
things like the Hajj and, and the pilgrimage to Mecca, which I won't get to experience. But I saw from the reactions of our users on Twitter how them getting to see this intimate thing helped them to connect. And so it really taught me that stories connect people. And it also taught me how to build out a tech product and a product based on user-generated content, which is what we're getting more and more into with Yoni Circle. Mm -hmm. Then the second thing that happened that was a little bit more personal is after two years of running this, I was sat down a little bit out of the blue and I was replaced by three men. And it it was hard. I uh, It was a very hard time for me. I felt very lost. Um, and most importantly, I think alone. Like I, this is a time similar to what you're talking about. Like I didn't have friends that were in a similar experience to me um, and what it felt like. I was very attached to the R Story product creatively. I'd thrown my whole life into this thing, working crazy hours. And it was in that time that I learned that storytelling can be used as a form of healing. So really happenstance, the universe, whatever you want to call it, I got lucky. Over the course of that next year after this happened, I found myself in conversations with women much older than me who lucky for me, were ready to be really vulnerable with their own stories. You know, I was in my early 20s at the time. I was like 24 when this happened, maybe 25. Um, and they were vulnerable with me of their own narratives, their own stories. And I went from feeling alone that I would never get through this. Uh, you know, I peaked early. I failed to seeing, oh, this happens a lot. This is a normal narrative. And if these women can reshape and rewrite their narrative, I can too. And those conversations, though very small, their stories healed me. And so I left Snap in November of 2017 with this vague idea of creating a new type of social media platform that connects women through the art of storytelling, just taking those two things into account. So you mentioned before we hit record that your vision is to grow this into a, a big global technology company. I suppose one of my criticisms of, of the big social media companies now is that they all seem to be just product after product after product to the point they all kind of look the same. You know, Twitter's released a whole load of, of features recently, you know, fleets and whatever else, and stories, and all of a sudden LinkedIn's doing the same, and it's just this overload of products. So what does a big global tech company in 2021 and beyond look like that's successful in your opinion? That's a great question. And I think the word, maybe it's like, for me, it's not quite a tech company, um, but I think that it's becoming a global brand that has all like that, A, we have to stay true to this core idea of healing and connecting through storytelling. And then we need to continue to create products that are our own and off of that, that both you know, are in the tech space, but they're also going to be in the media space and also in the in-person space. The in-person space is where we started pre-COVID, which, you know, is is where the entire inspiration for the app came from. Um, so that's where I look at us as going long term and and, you know, being able to not only create a really a community that is doing a lot of good for the world, um, but also create a, a large business based on the fact that we'll have lots of different levers. Look, I, I totally respect that this is a network 
for women, okay? Um, but in the same way that women need, need male allies in enterprise business, men need to show more vulnerability. Obviously, you're building circles here for, for women, but have you got any ideas or plans to have circles where men could be part of those circles as well? Because, you know, I, I think more men do need to open up and talk more about emotions. You look at the male suicide stats, it's frankly shocking. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And we absolutely plan to be a community for everyone. I think we just, you know, we're still very small. So we need to kind of yeah. focus in one space and make sure it really works in, in one space and then diversify out. And we, our team, our internal team is co-ed. And so we do have, you know, a good amount of men that are active in weekly circles within our internal team. And they're definitely going to be a major help in thinking about how we create safe spaces for everyone to be vulnerable and what that looks like. And also because we of our, you know, internal team being co-ed, all of the saloniers um, who are hosts of these circles, they're joining these co-ed circles as well. So we're we're dipping our toes now. And then hopefully all of that will continue to really support us with lots of learnings to see where we go in the future. So I think it's fantastic what you're doing. Uh, you're fully on board with the idea of storytelling as as, as healing. Um, if if you mentioned it's free, I think it's free on the App Store if you're over 18. So so if there's a, you know a woman listening who's who's keen to to get involved, is it just on the App Store? Where else where else can they find it and 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 become part of the community? Yep. Right now we are just iOS only, um, and then we'll be working over the next I'd say six months to be web as well. So we will be able to, you know, if you do not have an, an Apple right now, we will, we'll, you'll be able to join soon. <laughs> Look, it's, it, it's been uh, wonderful talking to you. I really appreciate you giving up some time and best of luck uh, as, as the, the community continues to grow. Awesome. So nice meeting you, David. Thank you. All right. First of all, this app is obviously aimed at women at the minute rather than, than men. Would either of you two use it, do you think? Um, I completely get the um I completely get that get it basically. It's very, very in at the moment as well, like self-love, self-care, mindfulness, positive vibes. Um because at the at the moment in the current climate, I think loads of people are, are seeking that, right? And you can only get so much from Instagram and seeing a quote that gives you, makes you think, oh, that's nice. So like, yeah, I think a lot of people are looking for a deeper meaning. Would I personally, I think I, I am more of a person who would speak to someone like close to me, but I also do really appreciate that there are a lot of people that find it quite hard to talk to people who are close to them and actually the people who are closest to them. So I don't know, Amber, would you? Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm kind of, I'm sort of undecided I'm the same as you. I think it's a cool idea. I like the fact that I had a look at their website and stuff, and it seems like the whole concept is really about, like you said, self-love, and it's about you know putting yourself out there, being vulnerable. Um, the whole website's really like quirky and creative and quite vibrant. And I, yeah, I, I definitely like the concept. I don't know if I personally would use it purely because, same as you, I think I'd probably speak to someone I know as opposed to maybe going and putting myself out there with, with strangers and it being quite a vulnerable situation. I know that's kind of the whole sort of idea. Um, 
and yeah I think it definitely would work yeah. for some people but I think maybe personally I not too sure if I would go into it but I definitely admire people that would because I know there's probably loads of people out there who are quite isolated and maybe feeling a bit lonely and, and for them I think it's a yeah it's a great idea there's like a community that you can build in this app and then obviously if you want to go back and speak to the same people you'll sort of you know build up a bit of rapport and friendship equally you might want to just just go back and speak to different people every single time and it's yeah it's sort of that freedom if you want to do that yeah no I wondered because I wondered if there was a cultural thing right I, I know obviously Yoni Circle is already in the UK but I, I guess that we are maybe slightly less reticent or slightly more reticent rather with our feelings than than other cultures and I, yeah. I guess I don't know it's it's a funny one because I get it I totally get it mm, and too. I can understand I can understand how for women in a work context so she, you know she described the fact that she was replaced by three men and she works in technology and it's male dominated and finding other females to talk to and have that shared experience within your network of, or group of people might actually be kind of challenging they might not be able to relate to you in quite the same way and in a weird way when i was kind of reflecting on it i was thinking about my health stuff recently which is you know i've i've been quite vocal about the fact that um, I've got a chronic illness and I put together a podcast talking to um, other sports lovers who have chronic ill health. And then I realized that basically that was exactly the same concept, that that yeah. was talking to strangers and, I, and, and taking it a step further, publishing it for other people to listen to, but talking to strangers and and getting them to open up on their stories and taking some solace from understanding how other people are going through challenging situations. and actually whilst maybe us Brits are a bit disinclined to do stuff like this naturally, it can be an amazingly positive experience. Yeah. Do you know what? You've just made me think. So even I've done that, but on Instagram, like I started a business based on a health, like not health. Yeah. Well, I guess it is a health condition. Um, and that's where my idea stemmed from. And I've spoken about it really openly on there. So why wouldn't I use an app like this? It's like, I actually think the app's amazing. Like, it's, like you were saying, Amber, as well, about like building connections. Say if like you don't have loads of friends and you, and, you, and you feel like you need to speak to someone, it's like therapy, but without feeling like it's therapy. Mm. Yeah, Do you know what definitely. I mean? Um, maybe I'd be a bit more inclined to it. I don't know. Now, I've, now you've just put it like that way, Dave. I think you're right, though. I think it is, it is a bit like therapy without saying it's therapy. Yeah. And I, I think there's definitely a stigma still, isn't it, about going and seeing a therapist which there shouldn't be and we've spoken about mental health on this podcast god knows how many times but there is still that you know you don't want to necessarily go and do that but if you can go and sit in a circle of six people and and they all and you're talking thematically around one particular subject and you're all sharing your experiences and that leads to a healing kind of or gives you some closure or some perspective that that is that is therapy that's working through it yeah, definitely. I mean, this is nice as well because you'll probably be speaking to people with all types of different issues. So, like, because sometimes you can feel like you're drowning in your own problems, can't you? And then when, like, like she says on the podcast, when you speak to people, it makes you feel like, oh, okay, like I'm not the only person in this boat. Um, and like, and then it's just the same. Like, if I, I go and see the girls, my friends, I feel like that is therapy to me. So this is, like you say, this is just a branch off of that but in lockdown it's probably like 
perfect if you can't see your friends yeah no. I think it's because like like you said if you say if you word it as like therapy you kind of get a bit like put off by it don't you or like a bit scared almost it's like putting yourself out there being vulnerable but as you say if it's just you know going downstairs having a chat with your I don't know your mum or your dad or you know partner or whatever it's just it's totally normal but it's I think it's just the yeah I think it's just people are reluctant because they don't know if they're going to get judged they don't know if it's they're going to say something that's people can't relate to like yeah I can see why people would be unsure to use it but I think the more we sort of talk about it we've all kind of done it but in a different way do you know what I mean like you've both just said it yeah. prime examples when, when you've done it but didn't realize it was exactly the same as what the app's trying to get at basically yeah and it's just such a great idea I, I do believe it because more people have got to get talking like like you mentioned Dave in the podcast especially men as well and like, it would be such a nice thing to see them branch out into that because it is such a big problem as well. So uh, it's good. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And look, I say that because I'm a guy, right? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I totally understand that in an industry that's dominated by men, you need safe spaces for women to open up and feel vulnerable. Um, and even if you did allow men onto the platform, having dedicated circles for women or mixed circles would make perfect sense. So I get I get why it's um why it's been designed the way that it is. And also because it's from a very personal experience that that you know stems from a very personal experience that Chloe um had herself. So yeah, but I, th- I think I think even if it doesn't um cater for, for men at the minute, it's worth emphasizing to any men listening that being more vulnerable is not a bad thing and is not a sign of weakness um yeah you know you look at the male suicide stats and they they speak volumes towards that yeah and it seems like it's a really oh sorry no i was gonna say it seems like it's a um it's a really sort of like not only creative and sort of safe space but there's still sort of structure there as well which i quite like because i think sometimes if you go on a zoom call it's a bit of a free-for-all isn't it sometimes and people sort of you know kind of talk over each other or sort of jump in and I like the fact that there's like a I think it was like a talking piece or something so everyone kind of gets their their time and everyone gets the opportunity to speak and sort of go around as opposed to it just being like a complete chaos which it sometimes can be so um yeah so it's like free and yeah. creative but it's still still structure there which is good and with with that witness at the end of the process as well to spot patterns and to kind of feed that back I should say there's nothing else like it that I can think of it's really, really cool. Even when I see on like, in, I, I'm surprised if this gets out there. I think a lot more people will be open to doing it. But you know what it is? I've never really heard of anything like this before. But then when I like the more and more I think about it and we talk about it now, I see people or like mums or and and women or, on on Instagram videoing themselves. Now this is to loads of people going like, homeschooling the kids, losing my mind today. But like doing it openly and out there, right? Um, and I just think actually people would be really light up for this if it's yeah. advertised the right way. And I think if you're putting that out there, you are you're not putting that out there to be exhibitionist or to attention seek. I I, I think it's no. because they want to hear other people. Yeah. And and hear that they're not alone in that. And and if you're struggling with homeschooling or whatever else, it's because you want to hear other people go, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I'm I'm struggling too, to and make you feel it. less. Yeah, make you feel less like it's just you or you're failing in some way because you're struggling. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, homeschooling is just one little thing on it, but <laughs> that was just the first thing that came to my mind. Shout out to all the homeschooling mums. <laughs> I do not envy you. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can just about cope with the demands of my cat. That'll do. Uh, oh, and dad no. as well. If you're homeschooling, you're a dad. I didn't mean that, by the way. Good bit of inclusion. Right. Yeah. Um, I think we'll go to an advert break. When we come back, we'll talk about Garmin. A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They've started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about Garmin, as I said. Uh, article in The Verge, which has a nice feature. You can listen to the article. Nice. Uh, there from The Verge. Nice bit of inclusion. Uh, Garmin says that the Lily is a smartwatch, or sorry, the smartwatch that women have been waiting for. Um, it, basically, they claim that the Sport Edition, um, it's a, a smartwatch that does, is designed by women for women. Over the years on the podcast, we've highlighted the fact that these things... Uh, and to anyone that's not sure, I'm showing my Garmin uh, over the uh, over the video. But Garmin and Fitbit are all designed basically with men in mind because they don't take into effect, into account the fact that women have a slightly different cycle to men. Um, so this is good, right? This is this is good. This is actually thinking about femtech and thinking about a product that works for you guys rather than just hey wear this and hope it works. Yeah, they look pretty stylish as well. Actually, let's just take a look at them. Um, but does that matter? <laughs> right, look, look. It, it says here that one of the one of the selling points is it it's is. stylish. It's a it running is. watch. Who I know, cares? but it's just sometimes they just look a bit chunky, don't they? So, because do you use yours for your like your step count as well? Yeah. So, like, yeah. so you obviously you wear it for all yeah, the time. Everything. So I'm the same. So if I go running, it's it's fine. It's there. But then if I go out or I just keep it on during the day, it still just looks a bit chunky. And it's not. Not quite as nice as all the ones that are on here. So yes, Dave. <laughs> it's not a nice watch, but it's fine. I know, but it does. It does matter. It does matter what it looks like in answer to your question. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. See, I, I wear mine all the time as my main watch. I have a nice watch that I never really wear, and I and I specifically got this with a red strap, so it was like it's it's clearly a sports watch rather than like a watch. Yeah, but how watch. good would it be if they just kind of it sort of blended together and you had your nice watch, but it was also your sports watch. Yeah, but watches are like, watches are statement pieces, aren't they? Like people spend ridiculous amounts of money on a watch because they want it to look, they want it to look, well, they want it to be a certain mm. brand as well. Yeah. Well, they do that now, don't they? So like, this is just, I think, a, um, I know it's it's not the same, but for instance, like my dad's got one of those tag ones. Oh yeah. Where, yeah. So it's a tag, but it, but it's like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's electric. Not oh my god, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> it's electric. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What are they called? Fitbits. It's not electric. What is it? <laughs> what is it? Electronic. It's an electronic device, like an Apple Watch. Yeah. But yeah, 
yeah we'll go with that um but it's, it's a tag and like that's like um trendy but sporty and then there's I feel like there's other brands that are doing it now as well but this is nice because you don't really see it as much for women definitely like more versatile you'd almost feel a bit fancy going for a run in there. <laughs> see it's interesting I I because the whole article is about the fact that it's not bulky and it is smaller and it is and I'm like does does that clearly it matters Clearly, I'm entirely wrong, and it matters. I mean, Amber, you've got a new oh, Fitbit, yeah. right? And you think it's rubbish. I do, yeah. So, um, yeah, I hate to say it, but it is. It's useless. Why well, basically, I'll, I'll go to bed, and I would have done my steps for the day, and I'll wake up in the morning, and it's obviously supposed to reset, and it says I've done, like, 200, 300 steps. So unless I'm walking through the night and I don't know about it, it's um, it's definitely not accurate at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... Yeah, I know. Apparently so. I'll sleep running because it just does loads of steps when I wake up. And then, yeah, it's, it's just not great. I just, um, I was like really looking forward to getting it. And now it's it's not really lived up to expectations. Yeah. Oh, no. oh. And did did how it looked? Well, well yeah, because I, I went for this because it had a purple strap. And then now I'm, uh, I feel like I've just made a mistake and I should have gone for the uglier one because it might have actually counted them properly. Yeah, you see, look, I think it's I think it's cool that it's designed with women in mind, but I would have been more interested if it was like tailored to women's bodies and the differences between men and women's bodies rather than whether or not it's stylish. Surely that's like more of a benefit. Yeah. What do you mean? Like if it's styled to a woman's body, we've got the same wrist as you. No, no, as in you guys have periods. So there are times of the month where you can't train as hard as you can in other times of the month. So we had right. years ago, we had a company on 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 the show called Wild AI, which was looking at stats and data around female athletes and when they can push themselves and when they can't push themselves. Obviously, guys don't have that. We can train at the, basically the same level the whole month round. So the idea being that you know a, a female fitness product could be built for women and, and it would be great if like, if Garmin are putting a watch out there that's built for women, if they focus on that rather than whether or not it's less bulky or looks nice. Yeah, well, that just shows you where women's priorities are. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, shows that I, I, I just have misjudged it. It clearly does matter that it's less bulky. Clearly, it does. But I do think uh, that is quite a cool thing to know as well, though, especially if you are into your fitness and stuff. I think that that is... I mean, yeah, it'd be quite cool to know. Oh, if I exercise now, don't worry. If you're feeling a bit tired, it's normal. Yeah, you know I mean? it'd be quite yeah, cool. Exactly. Right, that would. I think I'm gonna. So, Helen Guillaume, who is the CEO of Wild AI, I'm gonna send this article to her and be like, "Hey, what do you make of this?" <laughs> and see if she's like, "It's a lot of bollocks," uh, or if she goes, "No, it's it's really nice, it's stylish." Uh, and if she says it's nice, it's stylish, then I'll just I'll go back in my box. And uh, yeah, there we go. You shouldn't have gone for a Fitbit, though. Terrible. I know. Terrible. If only you'd done this um, this podcast. You run a lot. I know it's useless. Absolutely useless. But ugh. you should know that you you run a I lot. I know, but I, I literally. So I was going to get a Garmin, and it, it honestly, it sounds stupid. It came down to the strap and the fact that it was purple, and that's pretty much the only reason I went for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Thanks for joining me on the podcast and we'll be back next week.
give you the 